2: yoga Revealed podcast namaste this is alec vishal rubin and i am excited to be bringing you fresh episodes from well-practiced yogis on the regular thank you for all your feedback and reach out to me on instagram it means the world to hear from you and to hear how this podcast is impacting your life and your practice On today's episode, I am excited to introduce to you one of my dear brothers who is walking in yoga in such a profound and powerful way, Philip. A dedicated yogi who lives in Sweden, an entrepreneur, performance coach, speaker, and former gymnast. Philip has studied with numerous masters of ancient medicine. His vision and mission is to explore and live into unlocking his truest potential, thus empowering you, to do the same so that you can experience freedom, meaning, and joy as you're maximizing your time here on Earth. Stay tuned as we explore the complexities of finding yoga through a physical mean and it evolving into the subtle layers of practice, allowing meditation to become a stronghold for living as a yogi. Namaste Yoga Revealed Podcast. This is Alex Michelle Rubin. Happy day to you. So grateful to be here on this journey where we get to study the sacred subject of yoga through the experience of others who are well practiced and are teaching and are sharing their divine understanding of what yoga is and i'm so grateful to be joined by a dear brother of mine of many years now his name is philip philip flows yoga from sweden my brother thank you for joining me from one side of the world to here in boulder yes indeed so grateful to have you be here, man. I've um I've always been inspired by your journey. The moment I met you and the moment we connected, you're a strong yogi, brother. So I'm grateful to share your words and your heart and your your experience of that which we all love that we're listening to, which is yoga.
3: Mm, thank you for having me and thank you for those beautiful words.
2: Absolutely, That's brother. Encouraging. Yeah. So you're in Sweden, yes. I'm in Sweden. Sweden. Graham. Swedish yeah. yogi.
3: <laughs> Swedish Viking yogi. Yes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it, Philip. Yeah. Well, Philip, my brother, tell me, please, how was yoga first revealed to you?
3: Mm. All right. So, when I was 18, I traveled through the jungles of Brazil. I had this urge and this, this deep urge to, um, to escape something. That was, uh, you know, the initial sort of, um, I'd say, spark to my journey. To leave Sweden, to go somewhere else and to try something new. And I found a place in uh, in Brazil. It was in the outskirts of the Amazon jungle. uh, An eco-sustainable farm. And I went there to, uh, yeah, just do volunteer work at this farm for a while. And one day when I was, it, it was a quite, you know, it's an interesting experience, but one day when I was there, a man came and he was hosting a yoga retreat at this farm. I had no idea. And we became friends quite quick. And he asked me to join his yoga class. And I was open and I was, you know, uh, yeah, I was just interested in, in knowing and getting to know the practice more. So I, I hopped on, I joined, and from that moment, it sort of became my life from the very first class I would say it had a deep deep impact on me from from the very beginning and also because I had I have a background of being a gymnast for many years so it was the postures they they were friendly in some way my body knew how to bend and and, you know just uh, adapt to the practice quite quickly
2: so it sounds like my,
3: my first yeah.
2: It sounds like at first you you were very enamored or excited and and curious about the postures, you know, being able to bend and backbend and forward mm. and jump and play. Like there was a certain cuz you had you said you had a gymnast background and mm. I relate to that cuz my first approach to yoga was was very power yoga um mm. and I didn't really tap into the spiritual fortitude and practices that yoga can cultivate for one Mm -hmm. if their spirit and their mind and their body is open to a deeper dive. Is that correct? It was more physical at first.
3: Absolutely. So this man he was hosting a an Ashtanga-based practice and retreat. So for everyone who knows Ashtanga, it's a very physical based practice. And it's a very fiery pitta base, you know, it's a very strong flow, it's strong breathing. It's yeah it's very oriented around what i would say the physical body and and getting into specific postures in very specific ways and yeah it was it was definitely completely oriented for me around the, the asana practice and my approach to it as well was really to advance within you know the posture of practice to go deeper and further into the series that we have and to yeah to sort of succeed within the series which was a really interesting approach and something that i learned of course over the years
2: um yeah i love it we were both practicing ashtanga at one point in time together for for one point in our journey um Mm. so i'm curious for you like what what was your journey like because i know at this point you have so many um, what's the word that you use? Like there's technology to that which you practice and you utilize now, but to have gotten to where you are now, you've, you've been on a little bit of a journey.
3: Mm, absolutely. I would say just to jump to one specific thing, you know, I would say after my practice, after having a strong, strong asana practice, I would sit in meditation or I would lie down in shavasana and I would feel absolutely no peace. I would feel complete exhaustion, but it was really tough for me to put myself in a meditation posture and sit there and be with that, because it was just too much fire. There were too many things going on, too many things moving, so it was complete ex- exhaustion really for me. So, you know, combining my, you know, asana practice or the Ishtanga practice at the time with meditation was just not working. Which meant that for a long time, I was sort of um, not putting so much focus into more of the subtle practices, into, you know, utilizing the breath in specific ways, pranayama, mantra, meditation, you know, all these beautiful practices. And I was solely focused on the asana practice. Hmm. Um, Yeah. And, you know, over the years after studying, practicing, it's something that I... You know, you come across so many times. The meditation is really the essence of the practice to be able to sit with the silence and you know, to sit in the void and to be with that. And it was extremely challenging, uh, especially mm. with the practice I had at the time. Mm. Interesting. I mm. feel
2: that. Can you expand upon how, like, meditation is of the essence of what you were just saying? Like, how that is a primary attraction point to you now and how it wasn't then and how you made the shift.
3: Mm. I, you know, I cannot specifically say that that shift happened in a specific moment, but it's something that happened over time as I grew with my practice, as I got exposed to new practices, to new people, to new teachers, to people who actually challenged me and my understanding and my way of approaching the practice of yoga and um to the point where you know i was asked continuously both internally and externally why are you doing this and i did not have an answer for that like what is the intention behind your action why are you doing this posture how why are you breathing this way you know and i think the why became the reason for changing and shifting my practice quite radically into something else because i started realizing that why am i actually doing these things and also seeing acknowledging that maybe all of the practice was not always rooted in in a deeper meaning uh, or in a meaning of getting closer to myself becoming a better friend to myself being able to sit with with the stillness and and be with with everything that is whatever that means mm-hmm. um but it was more oriented I think it was it was actually for for a while it was sort of like a competition with myself, mm. and that is something that I that I grew to see more clearly over the years. And also, it's it's given me, if ashtanga and the more you know physically based practice, if it gave me something it was discipline. Mm. So I can also see how that was a major part of my journey into stepping into where I am today to to really bring that discipline in and to just be there on the mat with repeating the same, you know, series every single day and just stepping into that fire. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's brought me so many beautiful things as well. Um, But yeah, moving from that practice into something else is really what has shifted me as a person immensely. Uh, And what I mean by that is really, you know, basing my practices around the things that encourage and help me to become my own best friend. And how do you do that? Well, for me, it's really about, you know, who am I when no one sees me? That is my mantra. Who am I when no one sees me? And can I be the person who acknowledges my own magic? Can I be the person who sits with myself? And can I embody everything that I want to be and everything that I am without having anyone around to see and acknowledge that? And that is really, to me, the essence of the practices Mm. to completely change the, you know, the hall of mirrors internally. And that can not only, but it mostly happens for me when I'm alone. And when I just sit with myself.
2: Hmm. That's profound. It's beautiful. I'd love to elaborate upon that, how Hmm. uh, we've heard it, like dance like everyone's watching and dance like no one's watching. And who are Hmm. you when no one's watching because God is watching, like spirit Hmm. is all, right? and uh, for us to as you're saying for you but for all of us for us to be able to acknowledge be the one who acknowledges our own magic and that Mm. self-validation that self-loving state of mind Mm. like goodness gracious the world society modern society definitely Mm. doesn't teach us that (laughs) that is a i i think a like A intimate, community-contained, mentorship, self-taught experience. And Mm. and I don't know about you, for me, it definitely came later than sooner in my life. Mm. So I'm curious for you, what would you offer to the people who, you know are seeking to validate and acknowledge their own magic when no one's around like what's that Mm. internal (laughs) mental process like and how does your personal daily practice come into play
3: Mm, it's a really good question and to begin with i would tailor my tip to every single individual like i would not I would not specifically tell one person to do one thing because we all have extremely different, you know, constitutions. We're built in very unique and beautiful and different ways. Um, But again, sort of like a few steps back and go back to the why, I would say that's a major question to ask yourself. Why are you doing this? And even go deeper, why? Do you have that answer to your why? So find the why to your why and really from there build upon your intentions. Why do you practice yoga? why do you meditate? Why do you breathe? Why do you meditate in that specific way? and to really sort of uh, I, I think break down your why and to see what in this whole you know internal matrix, am i doing for people around me or for someone else or why do i want to empower myself you know and this i think this is a really tough one for for a lot of people and for myself too especially when it comes to you know the notion of acknowledging yourself and seeing your magic and who am i when no one sees me because it's so easy for us to step into that you know essence fiery beautiful self when there's like heaps of people around to see that. Mm. And then again, why are you doing that? Who are you doing it for? And that again, I think is my number one collective tip is to find your why and build upon that. And to question yourself, you know, and question your own motives um, for your own sake. It's not about questioning everything you do, but question like, why am I doing this? Mm. Who is this for? (laughs) because <laughs> i think you know in in order for us to really step into the the act of service and to um, you know in essence create a better world it it always starts with the you know selfless act hmm. And that again it, it sort of comes back to the why because there's so many things that we do still in the world even though we're spiritual beings we practice this and that and, and up and down but it's still so easy to continuously just do these actions for our own sake so to really question motives and find deeper and, and more beautiful intentions and then build upon that yeah that's something. <laughs>
2: beautiful. And uh, yeah, I don't want to I don't want to go too further forward ahead from something that you had said earlier is rega- in regards to meditation and how critical that practice is, you know, I know for you and I both it is a a keynote to our practices and mm. it's sitting in the stillness and the silence of consciousness. Mm. And uh, I find that and, th- and this might be this is my own experience, right? This is my experience in this question. I found that sitting was very difficult at first as well. Mm. And I suppose in re- in retrospect, having such a also fiery asana based practice for years sometimes like pre-ashtanga going to two three Mm. classes a day early morning afternoon and evening like for years and then into the ashtanga yoga like going into first second third series and then now i'm in like very i iangar based and holding the poses i'm excited to, to tap into where you are now and what your practice mm. looks like and who your teachers have been through this journey for you mm. in retrospect for someone who is on the yoga path and they've been there for a couple of years or maybe they're brand new and they want to implement a daily sitting practice what are what are your tools what are your tips to um teaching that to people and to inviting that into their field mm. and how mm. to begin mm. cuz like to be honest, I think telling someone or inviting someone to take a seat, close their eyes for 20 to 40 minutes, even 10 minutes can be a little daunting.
4: There's see, this like see.
2: dark abyss of mind that occurs when the eyes get sure. shut and the body gets still because everything, mm. you know, begins to bubble. Like what's, what's your, what's your, what's coming up for you?
3: something that that has worked magic for me you know there's so many beautiful practices that I that i both share and that i implement for myself nowadays but something that i really came across with you know the teachings of krishnamacharya when he taught his students and you mentioned you know just to mention you mentioned um Iyengar. and then we have the father of Ashtanga, which is Pasavit Joyce. and their teacher was krishnamacharya and he had a very different approach to teaching yoga very different to both Iyengar and Patabajois, actually. And one of the things, one of the major things that he that he thought taught that we see in modern yoga is that a lot of people lead from the head. You know? When they go into a posture, they go into forward fold, they go into a back bend, they go into upward dog, they lead with the head. And this is one of the things that he implemented for young boys because they were very hormone driven. And he saw that, okay, in order for us to engage their mind and their thinking process, we got to lead from the head. Mm. But after, you know, when you get older, you maybe do not want to lead from the head anymore. You want to quiet that down. You want to lead from the heart. So one of the things that's helped me immensely is to really bring the chin in, bring the head down, align the spine and to always lead from the heart to not allow the head to be my initial guiding to everything, to not dive head in first, but to dive heart in first, to quiet that space by drawing the head down, always leading with the heart, moving slowly, exhaling longer than I inhale. This is a full practice, just that to completely calm the nervous system down and to, let's say, dynamically forward fold with longer exhales and you know, leading from the heart doing that for five minutes will set you up for a great meditation.
2: Mm. I love that. I love that. Mm. And it's also just a great, it's a great tool tip for life for the day to be able to lead forward with the heart and to have practical ways to be able to lead forward with the heart because Mm. sometimes that mind, man.
3: One of my teachers, I actually get chills when I hear this one, but one of my teachers said something that was so profound for me. And he said, you know, there is initially, there is two ways to wake a baby up.
4: <laughs>
3: you know, you can, you can sing to it or you can shake it. And if we see the prana, you know, the, the kundalini, the shakti, the energy that is moving in and through all of us, if that wants to be awakened, so many practices in modern society. is about shaking and screaming and being quite violent. But you can sing to it. And it might take longer, but it's going to be a lot more sustainable for you. Mm. So that's also one of the reasons why my practice has turned so much more subtle, you know, because I don't have to rush into it. And I don't have to shake it or scream it alive or just really force myself into that space. But I can just dance with it. I can sing to it and I can just be with it. Mm,
2: That's beautiful. I I love that metaphor. Wow. it's It's a beautiful way to approach the day. Like, what mm. if we are the baby to approach our practice, to shake it, to be subtle, to be sweet, for it will mm. be more sustained and the impact will be greater. The intention is also, like, intent versus impact is, mm. is really on. So I love that. And, and I think it's a good segue into, like, what, what is your practice looking like these days? And who are your teachers that have inspired you mm. to be where you are? Mm. I know that you, you and I have both been practicing for you know what coming up on a decade
3: yeah around absolutely and um, so the first part of your question my practice is um, it's inspired by a very traditional form of hatha yoga called tantrik hatha and it's also coming from the uh, from the tradition of uh, sri vidya which is one of the um, teachings of, uh, of swami rama uh, a Swami that actually moved to to the United States and he was teaching there. And for everyone who knows, also Rob Stryker. He's one of the teachers of, of this tradition, and he has his own school called Para Yoga. But it's it's a very similar approach to that. And then I blend that with um, with teachings from um, you know both my own intuition and what I feel really works for my constitution and what works for me day to day. And also, one of my teachers is his name is Amir John. Beautiful, beautiful man. He's been a teacher of the art of Kundalini Yoga for about twenty-five years now. Wonderful. And not very into the the old school, traditional school of, of Kundalini Yoga, but also has branched out and created his own masterpiece and his own art form with these teachings. So it's a, it I, I'd say it's a blend of of intuition and ancient practices and. Um, yeah, it's about it, and it can look in it can look you know in many different forms and ways. But it's everything from mantra, yantra, meditation, pranayam, mm-hmm. a little bit of asana, not a lot anymore. It's very subtle. Mm-hmm. I move just as I said. I can move for 40, 50 minutes in a very subtle, very dynamic, slow way, just to prepare myself for the essence, which is the meditation and the mantra practice.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm my conscience yeah, is yummy buzz it just be like yeah i and want to you that. know
3: i love that too it's really for me it's all about moving through honey you know
4: mm. <laughs> I love that. just
3: moving through honey and just um, yeah i'm i'm i love to deepen my own you know to to continuously deepen my own uh, experience of the continuous now and to just drop in i'm i'm a person that i find myself quite grounded and i just love to drop in deeper moment to moment and my practice is very based around just dropping in mm. and grounding and completely just bringing the focus into into
2: this space here now mm. i love it i love it so much and and, and as a teacher how is it that you teach this work now? And what does that look like? Because I know that in the past, pre-COVID, mm. you, um, you've taught all over the world and you've had a lot of different retreats, mostly in mm. Bali and Sweden. Um, what a joy those have been. And uh, mm. I know that that will open up one day again soon. Absolutely. But what is, what is it looking like to be able to teach this kind of work? Right
3: now, in this current situation, yeah. or overall,
2: yeah, overall.
3: I mean, to be able to teach this kind of work, and um, to me, it's 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 a complete art form. It's a oh. it's a complete science in itself. And when I step on the mat and take the role of teacher, I am no longer there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, I really uh, open myself up to allowing spirit to just flow through me and to facilitate that space for me, whatever that means. Um, but yeah, I feel that one of the, one of the quotes from Yogi Bhajan as well, um, which I actually like, is, you know, one of the, the highways towards enlightenment is to teach. And what I, what I feel and what I see in that quote is when I step on the mat, I embody everything that I am both inspired by and that I want to share. It's, uh, it's where I have the easiest access to all these teachings. It's really where I feel like I can become and really sit comfortably in that space um, throughout the whole time without having to tap back in and out. Mm. I think for for many years I was, um, you know, my teachings and what I was sharing was very different to what it is now,
4: mm.
3: and that has evolved immensely over the years as well. But with <laughs> You know, with the whole Instagram yogi thing that's been going on for the past, I don't know, (laughs) 10 years, maybe five, 10 years. And it's become a big trend and seeing, you know, who can create the, the coolest flows and who can do the coolest postures and who is more, more creative with their whole sequencing and whatnot. And to completely extract myself from, from having that role and playing that game to, um, to just really encouraging people to drop in you know we move we drop in we move we drop in and to really take a moment pause and feel what is the practice actually doing to me like what is shifting what is changing you know when you move continually continuously for an hour you'll drop into shavasana and you'll feel great because you're exhausted but what actually (laughs) shifted and happened within that practice no one knows no one knows it was a great workout what more what else i don't know (laughs) know, that's that's my experience of it i'm not gonna you know draw everyone over that line but that's my experience of it and and after allowing myself first and foremost to really okay i you know i practice for a few minutes and then i just sit or i stand in stillness and i drop in and i feel what's shifted within these minutes of practice what's happened what is happening how can I follow along? How can I be a part of this journey? And that's really how you learn to navigate your own internal spaces and to feel what the practice, you know, the power that the practice holds to take you from one state to another within a matter of, you know, few moments.
2: Mm. That's potent. I love it. I think You brought up something that I think is a, a valuable route to go into which is the world of social media and what it has become and is it is it connected or is it disconnected to the intent of yoga it, like mm. where is it is it separate is it together is it is it neither what 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 in your eyes what has social media become on a mass level and then what is your relationship to it as the individuals and the practitioners, practitioners and teachers are all seeking to have this intent of, yes, sharing yoga. I share yoga yeah. on my, I, I share pathways of self-reliant healing systems on my Instagram. And- yeah that is yoga included in multiple in multifaceted in the same and for yeah, you like what's your relationship to it personally and like how you see it as a as a, as a collective yeah. it's, it's like helping to corner I, you in it because it's a tricky conversation yeah, i like that
3: <laughs> i think for me um, social media has become a huge puddle of opinions wow And that's pretty much it. You know, it's it's a huge puddle of opinions. And I just see people that is telling people what's yoga, what's not yoga, what's that, what's this, and which practice is best. And I see a lot of people talking and not practicing. And I think that's the biggest problem that we have. You know, we're great at talking, but we're not so good at showing up for ourselves and our and really deep in the practice and, and our knowledge. So for me, it's all about it's a puddle of opinions and it's a place where people go to you know again get, become or be acknowledged mm. because they do not hold the capacity to acknowledge themselves they do but they forgot how to oh,
2: that's deep
3: in mm. all forms and all ways you know it's a, re- it's a place where we come for, for acknowledgement and it's, it's one of the reasons why I've extracted myself more and more from social media for the past year as well even though it's helped me immensely and I am really grateful for it. It's it's brought me to studios and festivals and workshops and and so many beautiful places. So it it has, it has a deep impact as well. And it it all comes down to the way that you use it, but it's, it's so easy to drown in that pool, isn't it? And it's really like a major pool of opinions and it's really sticking to us in so many various forms and ways. And, yeah, I think that's the place where there's, um, you know, it's it's the place of a thousand voices and a thousand opinions at all time. It's a very loud stage, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's. Uh, I think if you live alongside that continuously, it's it's one of the things that is going to um, challenge you to grow and to deepen and to really, you know exponentially expand the capacity to be with yourself because mm-hmm. you're continuously being exposed to so many people. And I, I think both energetically and, and through all these opinions and through all these sharings and, and whatnot. So that's one of the things that I feel as well in, in relation to social media just for myself is the, the more I extract myself, the more silent my life becomes. Because through the art of the internet and through the art of social media, we are living simultaneously in so many places at one, you know, at the same time. And uh, the essence for me as well is really like, okay, it's, it's a cliche, but I'm always
2: here. <laughs> and, and it's interesting. Cause like, I like how you're saying you, you, we can be here and we can be there and there when we're on social media. Cause we're not in essence fully. F- present here and now is that that's what you're getting at right absolutely yeah you know something that i'll share with you and to the listeners that may resonate is like for me i do my absolute conscious best when i make a post on instagram and when i do my stories which is quite frequent (laughs)
4: like
2: all the time (laughs) i consciously try to take a moment in sever the cords that bind me to people, places, situations, things, and any technological advancements so I can fully be in my energy bubble and my field and not have these tendrils of outside people who I know or I don't know who are Mm -hmm. seeking to attach to the energy Alec Vishal Rubin or and and they – in their projections or my projections from what I think others might be putting onto me. And it's something that I also do after I speak on a stage, after I lead a zoom call, after I teach a class, I am constantly taking a moment to sever the cords, that bind me to people, places, situations, and things. And I say that before bed every single night. I say, thank you, guides, mm-hmm. angels, ancestors, seen and unseen energies that are here to help for severing the cords that bind me to people, places, situations, and things so I can fully be here now.
3: Mm. I know that. <laughs> so just something to offer. I love it. And just going back to that, I think that's, that's a beautiful thing to touch upon as well. But, you know, to me social media is a puddle of opinions but to you Alec I have no idea (laughs) do you know what I mean I have no idea because I've also I think through the practice I've come more and more to a place where I have no idea what something is to you or to someone else or what is the best path for you I have no idea you know I've been a person of really strong opinions and I've been a person of really wanting to I think you know having Wanting to pull people into this path and sort of imposing myself upon them, and and thinking and thinking that I know what's best for someone else, but I have no idea. I'll share what works for me. If it works for you, perfect. If it doesn't, perfect.
2: (laughs) I love that. I love that. I love that as well. I think it's a it's a good insight because. Not everyone's going to resonate with your energy, my energy. Yeah. I'm an Aries. Yeah. And I also kind of like, I don't really care. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine <laughs> if you don't like me. That's okay. I, I mean, it's all good. We're all, we're both human. We're going, we're all on the same journey, <laughs> just different yeah. pathways. We're going to the same place. Um, I, I love it though. I mean, I do believe that the yoga and the teachers and the students that align with each individual person is so hmm dharmically interconnected you know it, it has been it's been such a blessing to me because of yoga revealed over the last now like five years going on six is how many people have reached out to me directly on instagram and said hey i listened to that interview and i was so inspired by that interview i actually moved to this place or i went and took their whatever teacher training and it catalyzed this this and that like, thank you. And that to me is, is beautiful. So, you know, I think mm-hmm. that, that the, the practices and the teachers and the lineages that um, align and transmit into each practitioner is so timely. And, you know, for, for years I had been in the state of calling my teacher in, calling my teacher in and wanting to have my teacher where I, I love having a teacher in the sense who's further along the path than I am to teach me tools so then I can go home and practice said tools and said, 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 said practices, you know, I can really implement these, these um, ways to be better human, to be a better man, to be a better yogi, to be a better teacher, and then share that with the world. So, you know, I'm curious for you, what was your journey like in, in calling your teacher in into, you know, in, into going along the path of, of self-practice? And, and who are the people in your life that have inspired you as teachers? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna
3: to have a, a, a quite a simple answer to this question and say mm. that my teacher has shown up in various people, mm. in various forms. I think it's the same teacher that has been showing up for me in various human forms.
2: Wow, I love that. You know,
3: I think that, I've been, I think that I've been searching for, I've been externalizing my guru. You know, I've, been, I've been trying to externalize my teacher and to find my teacher in one specific person. Mm. And having learned over the years that my teacher and the teachings has presented themselves to me in various forms, in various ways, and through various meetings with various people at the exact right time. So I think that my the reflection of who I am has always also been reflected in the people that I surround myself with, including the people that inspire me and that host teaching studies, you know, in resonance with where I'm at at the moment. So I wouldn't say that there's one specific person that is my teacher um, more than the teacher that recites within <laughs> but there is really one teacher that has been showing up in various forms and in various people over the you know over the all these years that i've now been practicing because i've had so many beautiful people who's inspired me in, in various ways and i've over the years really picked golden nuggets mm. that resonates that resonates yeah. that doesn't resonate you know and just sort of builds my whole toolbox from that and that also has been, you know, refurb. You know, I've had to remade the toolbox many times and change some some tools because they don't necessarily work for me anymore or they don't show up the way that they used to. And to implement new things. So yeah, I think that is that is my teacher. It's it's an ever flowing energy that has shown shown up for me in various forms and various ways over the years of practicing.
2: I love it. It's a profound answer. I love it. You, we we are our greatest teachers. That is the yeah. essence of it. I do believe that. And um, I love how you're walking that and, and holding that. No. So w- today,
0: today yes.
2: right now, what is yoga to you?
3: I love that you put me on the spot because to me, I think yoga has come to a point of trying to rationalize what yoga is to me. And even trying to rationalize what I do is, is getting more, uh, more challenging uh, because it's, it's becoming something that is so beyond words that I'm not even trying to grasp it. And it might be hard for someone to understand, but my practice is a very... It's, it's, it is really my way and it is what brings me closer and more intimate to my essence self. And it is what allows me to um, to move with ease and grace as a human being on this earth. And it is what helps me cont- to continuously see, um, I think, beyond the the veils of the mind. And that holds me and supports me f- through life. And it's a bit vague in that sense, but it's it's really tough for me to just. Pinpoint what yoga is to me because I think that yoga sort of has become me, and it's with me uh, always. Always, and with every meeting, and with every person, and with with every step that I take, in some way, because it's influenced me so deeply, mm. and yeah, it's it's really um, I would say the. Um, Yeah, it's it's sort of the temple that I'm moving. <laughs> Yoga is the temple that I'm moving.
2: You know, your your answer reminds me of a moment when just the other week I went to the hardware store to grab some things. And typically when I go into the hardware store, I need to ask for help. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so I asked for help. And then the man said to me, he was like, you must be a yogi. <laughs> and... Uh, and it's beautiful to beautiful to be when the outside world and how whomever reflection um, that person is coming to us as, as a means of affirmations. So it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like, whatever you saw in me that helped you see that I am in a practice, I mm. love that. And uh, it's like, yeah, the affirmation, keep going, keep practicing. Yeah. There's more to vibrate into. Exactly. Yeah. I think yoga has
3: also brought me closer to playing all these other different roles, you know, to be a hardworking man, to train hard, to uh, challenge myself in, in so many various ways, to allow myself to be angry, to be sad, to have all these, you know, ranges of emotions, and to just completely and fully live uh, live and embody this life as a human as, as a whole. Um, But with that, with the ease and the grace, and knowing that yoga is this sort of cape that is allowing me to fly and soar through all these experiences, I think it's it's given, um, if it's given something, it's given me um, less, I would say, less gravity to the experience of life. Mm. It's lifted me off a bit and it's helped me to soar more
4: Mm.
3: (laughs) through everything that I experience.
2: Hmm. If anything. Mm. I love that. I love that. Yoga does help us fly and soar. I agree. Um, you know, Philip, I'm I'm curious, as we come to the top here, you know what is there anything that's present to your mind that you want to be able to share right now? Anything that's alive for you.
3: Yeah, uh, I don't know. It's it's a good question, and thank you for challenging me in that way. But no, I'm going to ask you to be a bit more specific. Is there cool. anything? Yeah. Is there anything that you want to know?
2: There's a, one more question that I have, and I just was curious if there's anything that's alive to you. So, yeah. yeah. What, what is one golden nugget? What is one golden nugget that you want to offer to the listeners as they move forward on their life as a human, as a as a human on this journey, as a yogi on this journey? One. One mm. golden nugget that has been a, a mantra to an essence of you and how you live your lifestyle.
3: Mm. I'm going to come back to that. I mentioned it before, but I'm, kind of, I'm going to come back to it. And it really is my mantra is who am I when no one sees me? And why am I asking that question? I'm asking that question because I just want to be able to acknowledge myself. You know, I just want to be able to become my own best friend in this lifetime because essentially... You can search for that external validation in everyone and everything, but you're never going to find it. It's not out there. It's in there. And that is my biggest takeaway from everything that I've learned over the years is that who am I when no one sees me? And from that question is the answer, I am the one who acknowledges. Mm. I am that which I am looking for. And from that place, there is an immense amount of space to sit in. And in that space resides so much joy, beauty, happiness, peace, freedom, Mm. and just vast, expansive space.
4: Mm.
3: And I think knowing that and experiencing that makes life a bit less serious, a bit more useful, and joyful to just you know walk through mm. so i think that's my biggest takeaway and w- to be more practical deepen your breath mm. in all ways in all forms deepen your breath your breath is the pathway to all these magical you know experiences to all these magical teachings and sciences that we have if you can learn how to breathe properly and if you can learn how to really be and sit with your breath In various forms in various ways there's so many beautiful teachings and and exercises that we can do i promise you that the relationship to yourself will deepen whether you want it to or not (laughs) so in in a practical sense just breathe
2: (sighs) thank you thank you yeah thank you so much for taking time out of your evening over on the other side of the world uh, come on yoga revealed and share your gift and share your words and your heart and your <laughs> yoga brother
3: i don't talk often anymore i haven't spoken to people in a long time you know i, I spend most of my time alone and, and talking like this is it's a bit alien to me nowadays which is a bit funny but i'm i'm hopefully going to be you know more useful with it soon uh, but it's great to see you and to just exchange beautiful words So inside so thank you Alec you're doing thank a beautiful and great work
2: yeah, I love you so much Philip. and I look love forward you to aligning one day and being able to practice and share all the goodness that yogis get to relish and, and celebrate just being here in the now so thank you Mark.
3: absolutely thank
2: you All right, Namaste. Namaste. Namaste Yoga Revealed thank you so much for tuning in the work we do is important and your support means so much. Just by leaving a five star review on iTunes goes a long way, along with sharing this episode via Instagram and tagging all of us Philip Flow Yoga on Instagram, Alec Love Life Yoga, and Yoga Revealed. Thank you. Be sure to follow Philip on Instagram and message him to let him know what you thought about this conversation on the podcast today. This is your brother, Alec Vishal Rubin in Boulder, Colorado, practicing and sharing the gifts of self-reliant healing systems with the world. Your magic is ever-present, you better believe it, and you make a difference every single day. Take the time to drop into your breath right now and see what happens when we get present as you share your heart with the world. Feel free to reach out to us on Instagram and let us know how and who you want to hear from on the Yoga Revealed podcast so we can support you in upgrading your life during these very opportunistic times that we are living in. From my heart to yours, this is Alec. Aloha and namaste.